Today's Issues continues on AFR. And welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Today's Issues. Uh, as we've been saying, the, the B team is here today. Tim and Ed are traveling back from the retreat. Uh, a couple of days visiting with our, our supporters there in Alabama. Uh, Tim will be back in the chair tomorrow. Fred sitting in with Alex McFarlane. And now Steve Jordahl joins us. Steve. Hey. Good morning. Welcome good to morning, the program. Steve. Hey, good to see you all. Uh, Alex, lots of people know you for a lot of different reasons, certainly co-hosting, exploring the word. What are you and uh, and Bert dealing with these days? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Yeah, Bert and I have been doing a series called Prophets, Kings, and Kingdoms. And during the Old Testament period where the nation of Israel was divided into two, God raised up a lot of prophets to uh, call them back to truth. And so right now we're taking a look at one of the major prophets, Isaiah. And so we'll be on at 3 p.m. Central. We are every day live. And uh, in addition to teaching the Bible, we've done this for a decade now, we take questions. So if you've not listened to Exploring the Word, folks, uh, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, and so forth. But uh, listen, you'll learn some Bible, and you can call in with a question if you'd like. Just uh, in my daily reading right now, I'm into Hosea, and uh, that's an interesting book, Alex. Uh, Oh, yeah. When you look at that, uh, he he married a a harlot. Yeah. Uh, But it was a demonstration that Israel was committing... Uh, adultery in its paganism, in adopting yeah. paganism, and uh, it's a fascinating story. Uh, you know, the, the prophets in the Old Testament, uh, you know, they didn't live lives, uh, lives of luxury. Uh, it, was, it was a tough business being a prophet back then. Listen to this. You're, everybody's going to chuckle. And uh, Okay, we were looking at um, Elisha. And there was an evil king named Ahab, and he had an even more evil wife named uh, Jezebel. And so Elisha is coming to see uh, Ahab, and Ahab says, here comes the one who troubles Israel, you troublemaker. And Elisha says, it is not me who troubles Israel, but you for forsaking the, the Lord's decrees. All right, I looked up the word when Ahab accuses Elisha, says, you're the troubler of Israel. I looked in this lexicon to see exactly what that word meant. You know, uh, problem, you know, instigator, trouble. One of the words was deplorable. <laughs> Ahab says to Elijah, you, you know, you're, you're one of the deplorables. And uh, anyway, seriously, that was what uh, Ahab calls Elisha deplorable. And of course, Elisha says, it's not me, but you for turning away from the Lord. But Mm. Um, you know what? Uh, we deplorable. That's been an accusation against the people of God for uh, more than one occasion in history. Amen. Amen. All right, Mr. Steve. We should mention breaking news. Uh, we're looking at an active shooter at a school in Dallas, at Arlington, mm-hmm. actually, Timberview High School. Reports are that there are multiple victims. At this point, they're using the words injured. I will uh, just caveat this whole thing by saying that every time you have a breaking news story of this kind, you will always get wrong information at the beginning. People are trying to get you the best information they can, but often right. they don't know. So we, we're not sure. I, I believe multiple victims is probably trustworthy. We don't know about deaths. We don't know about how severe the injuries are. And as far as I know, they are still looking for the shooters. 
Yes. Um, right. So be, pr- be, be prayer, yes. please, for uh, uh, this. This doesn't look like a false. It's not a false alarm. Yes. Be praying for those, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine parents uh, right now not knowing the welfare of their kids, and uh, uh, just this happens much, much too often. Yeah. Uh, in this day and age, you know, Alex. Many times, it's the left. It's it's all the guns' fault, uh, mm-hmm. and and never oh, yeah. the person's fault, and. Uh, uh, we've got to move beyond that. It's a. It goes to something you were talking about earlier. Uh, we're in a, a host of spiritual problems in this country, and we, we really are. When we see these things, uh, they're a manifestation of that problem, Alex. We 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 tend to focus in on the incident, and and yes, it's right to do so, but also uh, many times it's kind of a knee jerk reaction to say. If we just had more gun control, we wouldn't have these things. No, it's it's problems of the heart, uh, Alex. Yeah. yeah. You know, Steve, you mentioned the Timberview High School shooting, and there's a picture online now of uh, one of the classrooms. They barricaded the door, and I saw a sign on the wall. And, and by the way, I, in no way do I want to overlook the gravity of this. I mean, we're talking about the welfare and the condition of people. But one of the classrooms, a teacher put a photo on Facebook. I mean, this is, you know, in process as it's happening. But the big banner on the wall, it says, make yourself proud. Mm. And it's in black and purple. And see, um, kids for decades now have been getting this message of self-esteem. And it's no wonder that so many people have attitude. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's demands. It's not how can I serve, how can I be taught, how can I learn but it's, you know, we're loud, we're proud, you will acknowledge me. And um, pride and my rights have been supplanted, uh, I mean, have been put to the forefront instead of truth. Right. And, and earlier, you know, Steve, we were talking about how other countries are surpassing us in a lot of ways, but uh, we've abandoned truth and we've abandoned morality and what we have is chaos and violence. Amen. Yeah. Well, folks, be praying for that situation in sure. Arlington, Texas, and uh, we'll try to keep you up to date as the day goes along. All right, Steve, uh, what else do we have for you today? Yesterday, we got word that the Southern Baptist Executive Committee has given up its attorney-client privilege as the denomination continues to investigate sexual abuse and possible cover-ups within the SBC. And uh, they voted twice, the EC did, the executive committee, to not allow this uh, attorney-client privilege to be waived, but they, in, in the end, they waived it. Um, and Alex, I know you're a big follower of the Southern Baptist. I am, frankly, a brand-new Southern Baptist. I joined Sunday. I joined uh, my first Southern Baptist church, oh. <laughs> my wife and I change churches. Um, but um, what can you tell me about this, Alex? Well, uh, by the way, congratulations Thank for joining a, a Baptist church. Thank and you. obviously we are happy wherever people go to hear the Word of God preached. Well, Steve, if I'm understanding this correctly, giving up attorney-client privilege, I would say that's a good thing because it means there's going to be transparency. Am I am I reading that correctly, Steve? Yes, that's, that's the reason that they asked that uh, the there's a group called Guidestone that mm-hmm. the uh, a, a committee that was appointed by the executive committee uh, to head the investigation hired this outside uh, a, a group called Guidestone. Guidestone mm-hmm. has asked if they can look into these things. Now, my mm-hmm. understanding is 
that this is Guidepost. Uh, I think it is, isn't it? Isn't it Guide? No, Guidepost see, guide, is the mag- magazine. Guidestone, I believe, is the uh, um, Guides. Guidestone, I think, it handles the retirement monies. Guidepost Solutions is a firm that's been retained to investigate the handling of sexual abuse claims. That I could be. I could. I stand corrected if that's the case. Not not to be confused with the spiritual magazine Guideposts. Yeah. But Guidepost Solutions is like a, a third party outside firm that was retained to investigate how the SBC has handled sexual abuse claims. And let me just say for the record, um, you know, we categorically condemn sexual harassment and sexual abuse, and certainly within the church, that's wrong. And if anyone has been victimized. Uh, you know, they deserve restitution and a hearing. Uh, and let me say, the SBC or any denomination were to be about preaching the, the gospel and winning souls and living exemplary, uh, exemplary godly lives. So it's unfortunate, isn't it? But um, to the degree that the SBC is trying to transparently and in good faith um, get to the bottom of all this. I mean, that's a good thing, but uh, it's unfortunate. Doesn't doesn't it destroy the witness of the gospel when those charged with proclaiming the gospel have done things forbidden by the gospel? Amen. Um, this was my first take when I heard that this was started. This was uh, the whole uh, controversy was started when the Houston Chronicle and I think another newspaper uh, decided to dive into records uh, over the last dozens of years, and they found, I don't know how many, uh, but a a smaller number. Uh, It struck me that the Houston Chronicle was going after headlines. Everyone, every single, every single uh, abuse case is uh, tragic. I don't want to downplay that, but to disrupt the entire function of the Southern Baptist Church because the Houston Chronicle wanted to make it be the next Boston Globe, uh, which broke the Catholic view scandal. I, that was my first impression. Now, if, if that's wrong or if I'm out of line, I, I apologize. I don't want to offend anybody, but it just struck me as someone's looking for headlines. Well, I, I agree with Alex that uh, regardless of <clears throat> motivations in the initial stories, uh, we do need to get to the bottom of this because uh, pastors... Uh, and uh, other members of leadership of of a church uh, need to be held accountable. And if it's not, sooner or later, uh, what's happening in these churches comes to light, and it discredits, not only discredits that church or the individuals, it also has a way, Alex, unfortunately, the way the secular media handles these things, uh, they try to make it uh, bigger than what it is, and, it, and and they tried to use it as a tool to discredit the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you know what? Earlier in the program, Steve, we were talking about how public education has become less about truth and more about ideology. Sadly, the um, the SBC, not the local churches or the local you know pastors or laity, but in the hierarchy, you know, in the big machine. Uh, I fear that there have been a lot within the SBC in recent years that have been more about ideology and social architecture than proclaiming the gospel. Um, you, you guys may remember, you know, 30, 40 years ago, well, in the 70s, the Southern Baptists were 
kind of uh, taken left by theological liberals who said the Bible had myth in it. And there were men like Charles Stanley, Adrian Rogers, W.A. Criswell, uh, Paul Pressler that helped bring the Southern Baptists back to the solid ground of orthodoxy. They believed in the inerrancy of Scripture. Well, there's been drift again. And again, the nation's largest Protestant denomination needs a revival of men and leaders that say, look, the Bible is the Word of God. Jesus is the one and only Savior. And I would say, um, please pray for the SBC that from the presidency on down, we would be not about progressive ideologies, but about the revealed Word of God and the basics of the gospel, winning people to Christ. Amen. Steve, next story. Let's talk about the uh, social media. We, we had a whistleblower, um, and a lot of people are putting that term in quotes. I know our Sandy Rios doesn't believe that this is a legitimate whistleblower, that this is a plant, but uh, hmm. is saying that Facebook knows it's been harming children and uh, it, with its uh, platforms and has done nothing about it. Um, and along with that, they're discussing the influence that Facebook has on not only children, but uh, culture, elections, and such. Well, yesterday, Don Lemon and his compadre, uh, Chris Cuomo, on CNN were doing their exchange, their handoff, and they were talking about uh, fake news and the problem of uh, the Facebook, particularly, of, of, of posting it. I want you to hear what they had to say. Uh, this is them from yesterday. This is a start for the social media companies. What is put on your platform, at the very least, should be true. Let's start there. What if it's an and, opinion? And then we go, it's, it should be true. You can have, an a, opinion you can have opinions true. based in fact, okay? So at the very least, it should be true. And it should be based in some sort of fact. Beyond that, and you should know who is responding to you and who's putting it out there as well. So if someone says something about me, I should know that it's Joe Smith, who lives in Wisconsin. You, you can have a different screen name, yeah. but that everybody's registered so that they have to own it. In fact, I would like if people use their own names. So they're going to determine what's true and what's not, which they've already been doing to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to out people who may be posting false things like what? Uh, there's trouble with the 2020 election? Uh-oh. <laughs> well, uh, Alex, I, I, I wonder how they would then assess... Uh, what Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, in response to that student at George uh, uh, Mason, uh, was it George um, George Mason University? Yes. Was it, was it, it last was. week? Yes. Uh, when this student um, accused Israel of uh, ethnic genocide. Yeah. And Kamala mm-hmm. Harris comes back and says, we have to pay attention to your truth. Now, that student just accused the nation of Israel of committing uh, uh genocide, ethnic genocide, and Kamala Harris says, we have to listen to your truth. Well, of course, that student was lying. Israel's not committing, uh, when it defends itself against terrorist missiles, it's not committing ethnic genocide. So, you know, it's all right for Don Lemon to uh, talk about, well, it has to be true. But, you know, uh, there is true and there is false, and those who try to spin falsehood into truth. Well, I think a lot of people by now realize that, you know, something is true to the left only if it lines up with their narrative. And uh, 
Anything that goes against the narrative that they're trying to sell to the American people is, you know, uh, these people are bigots, these people are racists, you know, ad hominem attacks. Um, By the way, Israel, you know, we... um, uh, when we were at NRB, uh, the AFA broadcasting staff, we were in Dallas, and I met with um, Joel Rosenberg and some people from the Knesset. And in the spring of 2021, the uh, Iron Dome protected Jerusalem from more than a thousand Hamas rockets. And and you know, uh, a week and a half ago, when um, some legislation went through that supported Israel and the Iron Dome, and Israel's right to self-defense. You know, AOC wept. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yes. And, and, and so, I don't, I don't know. The left has a problem with truth, and when truth goes against their narrative, they engage in viewpoint discrimination, and they use everything at their disposal to squelch viewpoints with which they disagree. Yes, absolutely. And the problem we have today, Steve... Uh, as we often note in the mainstream media, if they really don't like someone's opinion, they just don't cover the story anymore. Yeah. Uh, they just ignore. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm afraid the mainstream media today, they're nothing more than lapdogs for the Democratic Party. We were uh, investigating or looking into before the 2020 election the impact that Facebook and uh, social media, Twitter, etc., had on the election. And we had credible testimony that... Uh, they could make a, a difference of millions of votes depending on how they rank their news. Mm-hmm. So many people get their news from Facebook and, and news feeds like that. Mm-hmm. So they're horrendously, uh, I say, I use that word, but they're tremendously uh, um, effective and um, consequential in this. And I remember hearing from, it was uh, Facebook's or Google's CEO uh, the day after the election, crying and saying, we will make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Next story. All right. Uh, boy, there's a spat going on between Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the district attorney there, Kim Fox. Seems that there was a shootout in the streets of Chicago the other day. And um, we uh, it, it was caught on tape. Uh, the police had been called saying someone was there with a gun. There were police on the scene watching this. And uh, it goes now to the district attorney. And the district attorney is not charging anybody because she says there's not enough evidence, no, not enough witnesses, despite the fact that the police were among the witnesses. <laughs> um, this is just the insanity that's going on in the legal system right now in Chicago and elsewhere where you have these district attorneys and other government officials that are put in by very liberal uh, George Soros-type money uh, that's looking to upset and upend the criminal justice system. Alex? Well, you know, we're in a time of lawlessness, aren't we? I mean, just like Yesterday in New York, the woman that pushed an individual in front of a train and she walked away. She was later apprehended, but uh, nobody really did much of anything. Uh, We're living in a time where people just, uh, the rule of law is not upheld. Uh, Have you seen in a number of localities, Steve, how it says police will not uh, respond to basic 911 calls unless it's like a life or death emergency? People, uh, police are not going to respond. the Bible t- warns about cultures that abandon God and they descend further and further into lawlessness. And um, that's kind of where we are. And uh, the stability and the tranquility of our country 
uh, it's costing us now. We're losing that, aren't we? Yeah, I talk to uh, law enforcement people regularly who say that uh, this is untenable, that either the uh, cities, and this is happening in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot was a defund the police person, and now she's saying we need to refund the police. It's, it's funny when reality hits, you know, you can do things, uh, politically correct public policy, and then the results of that politically correct public policy come into view. And uh, all of a sudden, gee, uh, that didn't work very well. But, uh, you know, if you're a Democrat, you seldom admit that you were wrong. That's true. Yeah. Uh, we have another few minutes yeah. left, Steve. you got a story for I us to wrap it up? I do. Uh, I think you'll especially like this, Alex. Let me read the headline. Fire and brimstone, the biblical sin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, were destroyed by a meteor cloudburst that incinerated all 8,000 inhabitants, according to new research. This is research out of the University of California, Santa Barbara. James Kennett mm. is the professor. It's not a Christian study by in the least, <laughs> but they are finding that human remains suggest they've been blown up or incarcerated with extreme disarticulation and fragmentation of bones, evidence of temperatures greater than 2,000 degrees Celsius, uh, building materials, pottery shards melted into glass, mud and brick with heat bubbles, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were hit by the Lord, and they're yeah. finding scientific evidence of it. Strange wow. about archaeology, Alex. It it seems just to back the Bible all the time. More, it more. really does. Yes, with uh, it's been said with every turn of the archaeologist's spade, another page of scripture has been empirically confirmed. Mm. Hey, you know what? It might have been a meteor, but uh, God, who holds the stars in yeah. space. He can throw one of those stars down to obliterate a sinful city, can't he? Absolutely. Mm. But, you know, uh, uh, Steve, part of this story, of course, is skepticism about the Bible's account of all of this. Yeah. I, I think the thrust of the story, if I understood when we were talking about it earlier, is these folks are just trying to explain this was, this was just uh, a natural occurrence. Uh, it couldn't possibly be the God of the Bible doing this kind of thing. There is no God of the Bible, according to them. And what they're saying is that this gave rise to the tale of Jericho's wall tumbling down and other myths or uh, stories of the Bible. They're saying this predates, this was some 3,600 years ago, predates most of these cultures. And so uh, what a real happening kind of was passed out orally tradition to uh, all of a sudden become God did this or that. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, uh, that's called a naturalistic explanation. Yeah. But you know, the thing about it, um, the the people that are the anti supernaturalists, they don't really believe the Bible is written by God and the miracles really happened. Um, they've got a naturalistic explanation to try to dismiss everything, but you just can't dismiss. Maybe we'll do a show sometime on examples of fulfilled prophecy that. Uh, one, one of which is the decree to rebuild the walls and Jesus would be crucified. Um, you better you know. take more than an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I mean, it, it really becomes um, sticking their head in the sand and just this willful unwillingness to acknowledge that, yes, the Bible is of divine origin. You know, it's amazing. Uh, uh, the book of Daniel, where he interprets the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and it outlines the kingdoms. Uh, first, of course, the Babylonian, then the Medes and the Persians, and then Alexander the Great, the Greeks, and then mm -hmm. the Romans. And, you know, all of that was written long before those uh, last three kingdoms in particular came into being. 
But the reality so, is, and, and and it's so true, the prophecy so true, you have those who say, Daniel couldn't have possibly written of that. It must have been written 500 years later, no matter what it is. You know, you're going to have your skeptics out there, but uh, you can trust the Word of God. Alex, Steve, Chris, thank you so much for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And God we pray you that you'll continue to uh, listen in to American Family Radio throughout the day for more great programming, including Alex and Bert a little bit later on this afternoon on Exploring the Word. Hey, we'll catch you soon again here on Today's Issues. <laughs>